everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Dogs Football Podcast here on Thursday, September 7th, like we would. Yeah, but it's a little late. We might send it out to you guys tomorrow to give you the full-on preview of our upcoming game because we have work. We're leaving to go up there after, and we won't be able to get the episode out to you guys in time for you to listen for the game on Saturday. I'm Nate Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. And Noah, here we are. I'm back in town. We're ready to to preview the Huskies and just go typically around everything that we do with commits, with NFL salutes, everything, but most notably towards this team that got a pretty big win last week that we knew was the highlight of our schedule, non-conference for sure, um, that we're looking forward to going up to tomorrow, or tomorrow night. What's going on? Yeah, always exciting. Uh, both teams going off some good wins, and uh, next this is a good opportunity for both teams, obviously. Um Big opportunity for us to knock off another in-state opponent at the FBS level. and uh, But I know this team listened to Coach Hammock's uh, presser this week that um, they know about us. And uh, he even said in his presser this week that our skill positions is better what they saw last week in an ACC opponent. So we'll be ready for us Saturday night or Saturday afternoon. At least you got that because we do not have a Nick Hill press conference, which is unfortunate. We know – for um, like Labor Day, maybe they push it off, but we didn't get that, and we were able to listen to the opponent and him saying notable stuff like that. We'll dive into it all. Um, they have a lot of notable players on their team, and I mean, it's just crazy that even though they shouldn't underlook us because we're not too far off of a certain level or talent, they've struggled. Um, they obviously have NFL talent as well, but it's not too far off. So I don't, I wouldn't think they'd overlook us too far. We'll get into what we got paid again to, to go up there and try to win. We'll dive into that later. But no other typical stuff. Let's dive into, obviously, on our recap of Austin P. Didn't have a whole lot of info on our at our disposal for the commits and what they've been doing. We know there are at least one or two games in. Have we accumulated some stats from their games here this week? Yeah, I got a couple. Uh, just starting off with uh, Ben, ben Feigl. Um they lost a close one last week, 14-13 to Lincoln Way East, a tough loss. Um, but Ben, like I said, just like his first game, he was a tackle machine. He had seven solo, eight assisted for 15 tackles. Um, he had one sack, uh, another QB hurry. He did uh, He did, He did. did have a forced fumble as well. So um, another, another a close loss, but Ben played well, just one point. I don't, I don't know if his team exactly – go for two every time, and that's how, or, or if it was just a missed extra point. But sucks for him. But um, they are on the road tomorrow night against a 2-0 and Lake Park, Lake Park Lancers team. So um, going to be a tough one for him. Moving on over to a QB and Jake Curry in Edwardsville, a 7A powerhouse. They're, they won last week, um, moved to 2-0. They beat Jackson the first week. They beat um, South Seven School Cahokia forty-seven to six. Cahokia is a, a really tough team, a really tough four A five A team, um, but a big one for them. See if they have any uploaded his stats. Um, he was only five and nine for fifty-eight yards with an interception, but he did run the ball seven times for forty-one yards. Um, not sure exactly. I guess their defense really really stepped up and won that game. So 47 to six win for Jake Curry and his team now over to Evansville and one of our offensive line commits in Quentin Boak. 
Um, they are undefeated on the season so far, 3-0. and For Evan, is Evansville Wright School, um, they won 24-7 last week against Jasper. So, um, obviously, if he could post – if I check out his, uh, his huddle or something, maybe I could see some highlights of him with some blocks and stuff. So, um, they're at home tomorrow night against Evansville North, a 2-1 team. So, going to be a good one tomorrow night for him. Going down to – um, Lucas McDaniels, who finally followed us back, so hopefully maybe that's a good sign. Uh, down in Jefferson Town, down at Louisville, um, they are 3-0 now. A 28-20 win over Breckenridge County last week. Um, didn't see him post his stats, and they don't have anything on uh, Max Preps either. So probably another big day, I would assume, for Lucas. I know he's been um, tweeting a little bit more. I think he's... Probably getting some visits lined up. Marshall and Louisville, the single stuff we've been saying. So that's one. Another another guy down in the Louisville area, um, one of our QB commits in E.T. Harris. His team also 3-0 and on the year. They get a 24-23 overtime win over DeSalis down in Louisville. So um, big win for them. Haven't seen any stats on him either. And Max Preps does not have it. Um, so I'm sure he's lighting up the scoreboard. I mean, they win 24-23 in overtime, so I've seen some of his highlights. He's still looking good, so we're staying on track with him. And one of our new, our newest commit, Denim Mitchell, down in Madison Central High School, down in Madison, Mississippi. Um, his team is 2-0 on the year. Um, they beat Brandon 40-26 last week. Um, Pretty good win for them over a decent Brandon squad. Scrolling down to see if his team posted their stats. They did not. I think um, they posted like three notable players on their defense. I saw earlier, but he wasn't on there, so I don't know how we did. Um, maybe that means he's not. Th- they're not throwing his way potentially. So hopefully that's the case. Um, but they're on the road tomorrow night against Goldport, a two and zero squad. So battled on the feeds right there early in the season. So a good road game for him. And one of our other QB commits in Blaine Cision. I know he's been posting a lot of stuff on Twitter. Um, Mount Carmel is one and one. Lost their first week to Gibson Southern, but they get a double OT win against Effingham last week, 36 to 30. Um, that's a pretty good game. Effingham's a pretty good school. Um, just looking at stats, Mount Carmel did not post theirs, but Evansville or Effingham did so. He's usually pretty active on Twitter, but I did not see him. His stats this week, going up to Oswego, uh, and, and one of our guys, and Aiden Moriarty, our tight end commit, um, he's been posting his highlights a lot. They dropped 0-2 after losing the Lincoln Way West, 20-18, so a lot of heartbreakers for our guys. Um, this past week, looking for stats, not on that game either. Very unfortunate. Um, then going to another offensive lineman, Skip. Offensive line commit over over down at Owensboro, Kentucky, and Jack Lindsay. Um, they are one and two, but they get their first win last week over Davies County, fifty to seven. Um, they are at home this week against an undefeated Owensboro Catholic, so that's going to be a very tough game for them. Um, but hopefully, Jack can play well against a pretty talented team um, and see some of his highlights. Then one of our other guys out in, down in Louisville as well. Nate Tronzo, a defensive end commit out of Trinity High School. They are one and two on the year. Um, they lost last week to Center Grove, 34 to 7. 
tough game for them. Looking at the box score, their team did not enter. Let's see a lot of teams, if they lose, they don't enter. So I don't understand why you wouldn't enter them every week if you have them. But this week, uh, Trinity has a game against Carmel, 2-1 team. They're at home, so get back to 500 for Nate and his team. Then our last commit over in Webster, Webster Groves, Tyrese Reed. Um, his team is 0-2. They're on a two-game losing streak. They lost last week to Rittenauer, 50-35. to um, They play Oakville, a 2-0 team this week at home. So tough game for Webster Groves, but Tyrese is – been showing out, seeing a little bit of his tape last week. So um, he's doing his thing, but Webster Groves is a basketball school. So tough. So a lot of close losses for our guys, it feels like. But we have some winners each and every week. We'll try to keep keep updated and retweet stuff as we see it if they tweet something. Yeah, good job again. It's weird how it seems like this is the year where we don't see as many. And it's only two or three games in. And I think at some point we will. Like we said, we don't really – keep in touch with commits to, so they let us know. But um, you're right, a lot of blowouts, a lot of close games. Some guys aren't, haven't won yet. And, um, you know, I, you mentioned – because I, I feel like if they – you know, if they're already committed to us, they wouldn't post their video like they want to still. They're always going to, but some won't because they're already committed somewhere. So they don't need to. Like I'm just looking at Lucas's. Like he did post some of him just blocking as a tight end from four days ago, I guess, from that game. And he was saying how people – continue to, to doubt his ability to play tight end at the next level. I don't know who he's, who he's calling out there. I guess people who aren't recruiting him that he apparently wants to. But, um, you know, he posts stuff like that, and you're right. Some people just don't. But um, it is kind of a weird start for a lot of those guys. But as long as, you know, it seems like most of them are doing their part on either side of the ball, and then it's the other side that they're not playing that um, kind of loses loses in the game potentially. But. Just another weekend. Again, it's it's hard to find these without them posting much, or you know, it's hard for you to find sometimes. But the little stuff we do, uh, we're blessed to be able to uh, put that out for you guys. Uh, we'll continue to dig deep for that as the season goes on. So, um, and you know, we have <clears throat> that'll segue us to guys that aren't commits yet, but did take visits. Noah, we had a couple, or I guess it was it's a lot of specialists. I want to say if it was, which by the way, I just saw Lucas. I think is going to be. Um, at Louisville's game tonight, if they play Murray State, I think tonight that he's one of the 60 visitors for their home opener. Uh, but um, no, for us visitors, there's a lot of I say a lot. There's a couple of specialists, and there was one that we retweeted, didn't know at the time, but knew this week. Another specialist who is apparently a five star, and we hadn't uh, offered him until just the other day. Yeah, it's, it's uh, Drew Doyle. He's a potential, says on his bio, a five-star long snapper. Um, that special team stuff is the way they rate their players is different. Um, it's a different website. But uh, number one in the Midwest, he says, number six in the U.S. as long snapper. We offered him. So um, he's been visiting. I remember seeing his name last year, following him, visiting um, out on junior days and stuff like that. Six one two thirty five long snapper. So that's a guy that's if, potentially if we can land that that's just getting our special teams getting going um, along with guys like Sam's Park and other guys I've visited Tyler Antle, Kenton Lofman that's going to visit at some point. So um, then another guy I just seen we retweeted we said good luck to him this week um, is Connor Sullivan, a Casey Westfield player, linebacker, athlete, six one two seventeen. So says he's a three point. 
a three-sport athlete um, as a junior last year. He had 921 per all-purpose yards, nine touchdowns. Um, he had 8.2 yards per carry, uh, 32 yards per catch, 75 tackles that led the team last year, two picks, two forced fumbles. So um, it sounds like a linebacker that can do it all and can be a mixture, maybe a Branson Cones type guy that could come here as something else, but find his role in the linebacking spot because um, saw a little bit of his highlights on like what I saw. So that's a guy, if we're wishing good luck, expect to maybe see a uh, offer at some point. Good point. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the more the athletes, the merrier to an extent. I mean, that's what we welcome anybody that definitely does it on both sides. We've seen plenty of those over the years, but definitely linebackers because linebacking room is going to be, you know, thin before we know it. It's in general of like recruiting more at that position. We know we got guys waiting in the wings, uh, but just the more the merrier on that side of the ball and at that position, or if he goes to the offensive side, it's a wait and see. And even for Drew Doyle, you know, obviously you can, you can have make a career as a long snapper. You can literally go through all of college and then have a long NFL career. Those guys that I know get captain's patches and get all pros and pro bowls clearly as long snappers. So it's a big deal. And seeing a five-star I think is also a big deal. So it's a guy that, you know, fills in the footsteps. We know we have three long snappers on, um, you know, we got Jace Clark, true freshman, and then uh, Ragnar, and then obviously Ross, and obviously, you know, getting the best kind of recruits and talent even at that spot is. So hopefully he liked what he saw the other day, and hopefully he can uh, swing by again, and maybe he'll be one of our next commits over time here. Uh, so that's all we got for you guys now. Again, we won't we don't have another home game till the end of the month, so we'll see pe- more people posting around that and obviously at that point see if they were at that specific game or not uh, so good job on that again <clears throat> uh noah quickly the salukis nfl salukis there's nothing on yet but uh panthers and falcons play in week one that's jeremy versus mike cole and then ryan neil gets the vikings here in week one we know what we've said craig and madre's practice squads or craig is i haven't checked on madre yet but um that's where they are before sunday's games kick off now, Noah, let's go – well, let's start out with, obviously, since we last recapped um, everything, we have clearly been on a lot of rankings, and it's good to be back in the top 25. There are some, you know, some people that – I know, like, Sam Herter didn't have us on his. No shocker there. He just talked a little bit about us, you know, playing well, I think. Or I listened to his pod today in the car ride home and he did have one of our, one of his game balls from week one to us and Nick Baker. So I guess that's the only thing in general, but some other people even clearly it's just the uh, stats perform that's that matters most. And they have us at 24. There's a lot of people that have us at 23, 25, even Craig Haley, his ballot for this week, top 25 had us at 14. That almost seems like it could be more of a power rankings, but he had us that high right in front of SEMO. Uh, but you just go back to see all the other ones, some like the triumvirate poll and some others, some other just accounts. The Blue Bloods had us at 25. So a lot of people have us in the top, whatever. But it's good to be, um, you know, the AFCA had us at 23, like I said, and the Stats Perform had us at 24. So it's good to be back in the top 25. Jamie Williams had us at 19. So there's a lot of mixing and matching and whichever ones are there. But it is good to be back. Had to go through all of those. Um, and like I said, talk wise, people have talked about this upcoming week. People did give us flowers on these, all these podcasts from our win this past week, which we want to continue to happen. Want all the attention and 
things, you know, good, you know, good sayings about, you know, about us throughout the year. So we'll always listen to the pod and see what people have to say. No, because of everything that happened and even what the new uh, top 25 looks like, it's time for your, your new updated bracketology and how much movement there was in your opinion of who looks the best and who's dropped and who's climbed. Yeah, it's uh, not a lot of changes, a couple here and there, because uh, a lot of teams that I had and that were in the top 25, they obviously, a lot of them played their FBS games last week, and um, some played really good games and others didn't. Um, I made it, my top eight stay the same, and I could go over that again. South Dakota State, Montana State, William & Mary, North Dakota State, Holy Cross, Incarnate Word, Idaho, and Mercer. Um, those stay the same to me. A lot of them played FBS games, um, a lot of struggles here and there with some of them. But I did um, I did drop New Hampshire out of my at-large bids. Um, I added us. Um, then I, I dropped Eastern Kentucky out of my at-large bid, too, and I, I put in um, Richmond. So there's a couple changes here and there, but not too much, obviously. Um, could be a lot more movements when we know there's – a lot of other FBS, FCS games this week and some other good FCS all-around games. Um, I think a couple of the Dakota schools play some other solid FCS opponents. You're right, and some of those games will segue <clears throat> into now. I mentioned uh, – we'll talk about some of these games, and I'll let you dive into them. But I, I did mention the aforementioned Murray and Louisville game. Louisville's up 14 to nothing in the second quarter on Murray. No surprise there. Like I said, like I said Lucas McDaniels is in attendance for that. The only FCS game uh, tonight and then tomorrow, Indiana State is going to get shut out again at Indy. We know Indiana, the Hoosiers aren't very good, but Indiana State was terrible last week. So don't expect them to score it again. They play um, in Bloomington tomorrow at 6 p.m. Davidson's at home against a really small school. And then Stony Brook and Rhode Island. Those only FCS on Friday. No, who plays on – There's like you said, it's a, it's a big week of FBF – FBS, FCS, and even some high-level FCS games. What are the most notable ones, and what are other Valley schools doing? Yeah, just some other ones that are really notable that could. I'd like to see what happens here. Uh, Holy Cross, um, really good school. Um, I think uh, I have them at five in my top eight and for the bracketology. They're on the road at Boston College. After seeing Boston College last week, watching that game from uh, the NIU, I think Holy Cross can go in there and give them one. Um, Couple other Delaware on the road at Penn State. Let's see what Delaware can do on a Big Ten school like that, a top seven team in the country. Um, that'll be interesting. Um, a team I dropped out of my at large bid, New Hampshire, is at Central Michigan. I think that could be interesting. Eastern Illinois at Bowling Green. Um, Charleston Southern's at Clemson. See if uh, what happens there. Clemson had an awful game Monday night. Samford, Western Carolina play each other. Eastern Kentucky, uh, who I dropped out, they played Cincinnati last week. Now they're playing Kentucky this week. So they're getting two big paydays in a row. Richmond, who I added, they're at Michigan State. That'll be a good one. There's a couple others. Um, then just going around the Valley, there's some big opportunities. like to see what happens. You already mentioned Indiana State at Indiana. That'll be a blowout. Youngstown on the road at Ohio State. Obviously, Ohio State did not look good with their quarterbacks last week against Indiana, but that should be interesting. Obviously, Youngstown blew out Valpo last week, so that, that'll that be interesting. I don't think it'll be close, but see how Youngstown can stay in the game as far as 
see how much they can stay in the game. Then another one, St. Thomas, um, who I think will win their conference, um, but they're not eligible for the playoffs. So they're on the road at South Dakota. That'll be a tough one. Maine on the road at North Dakota State. Um, the, the Black Bears, I think they can get a get blown out in the Fargo Dome. Northern Arizona plays North Dakota. Illinois State, Western Illinois, so both starting conference play early. Weaver State on the road at Northern Iowa. Northern Iowa playing a really good team. Um, see if they can bounce back after that embarrassing loss at Iowa State last week. Then Missouri State's on the road at UT Martin. That should be a pretty good one. Um, see if the Bears um, – I like what I saw a little bit last week from them, but we'll see what they do against an OVC school. Then the big one this week, um, my top two seeds in, in my bracketology play each other. I think it's a neutral site like North Dakota State did last week. Montana State, South Dakota State. Going to be a really interesting one. Uh, obviously, our game will be done by then, so definitely one to watch that one. Yeah, there's a lot of good nighttime games. I'm just looking at that one. It says it's in Brookings, uh, whether they're whether it's wrong at the moment, but it's Dana J. Dykehouse Stadium, whether that's theirs or not. But Because um, I thought the same thing as well. That's a great game. You mentioned, uh, I wonder what the spread for Ohio State and Youngstown State will be. Youngstown is very impressive. They are also in the top 25 at 25. And Ohio State is scuffling. Do expect Ohio State to cover big in that one. Hopefully we're wrong. Um, well, actually, hopefully not, because if they do that and have a great year, it's bad for us when we play them and fighting for them for playoff spots. Uh, you're right, Missouri State, I've looked up a little bit on them as well, and that's just a solid like matchup with them. We know that was the matchup in the playoffs years ago when Missouri State was good and made it and lost that close game. Um, you're right, you and I needs to win this game at home because – even though it is against a great opponent because of their strength of schedule is really hard and they don't want to be behind the eight ball most of the year. Other than that, you're right. There's not a whole lot of other notables, but some like North Dakota should have a good chance at home. Um, and some of those like Illinois state Western um, should be a blowout. I'm going to see some of the spreads for these at some point, but that's where the Valley is. And we mentioned uh, previously before, but Austin P is at Tennessee this week. We'll keep an eye out for how bad and ugly that one gets. Um, Austin P was posting a lot of highlights and good stuff. After they got blown out by us, they kept posting like they don't uh, like they didn't lose that bad. But that's good. They post a lot of good stuff. Maybe they'll bounce back at some point. It won't be this week. So no, I mentioned um, just the stuff on the current team. We we I mentioned no presser, which is unfortunate this week. We use that word a lot. Unfortunate, uh, but no notes from Nick Hill, which is obviously you know your only FBS game. Be nice to hear about some things. We'll get some notes and some stuff over time, and it is two days prior, but not looking like we're going to clearly get that. We noticed that the depth chart has not changed going into this game, um, which I guess we kind of expected. But, Noah, that's because of the, the the waiver still isn't a thing. We mentioned how we talked to some of the players last week about them playing. I had a feeling, just wanted to talk to them in that moment, but they weren't. They probably knew they weren't going to play, so it just keeps dragging on. No, I saw your post earlier about Tez again that – it just – and there was a – you know, they would get more in, in North Carolina posts about stuff that they know. SIU would never do that with their players. But, no, I don't know if we're ever going to see them play this year, if it's going to be half a season. I mean, if it's week three, like, what's the confidence level that all these guys are going to get their waivers? It's – my confidence just seeing – going through what the Tez Walker just went through, the poor kid, I mean um, – he has every right to be able to play and has all the facts. And it's just a shame that another committee, it was a different committee from the last appeal, has turned him down as well. So it's just very unfortunate. 
seeing the shit, shit that's going on, Charlie Baker, I mean, it's what happens when you let a politician take over a very corrupt company in the NCAA. So it's only get worse from here. I mean, they tweet about, they tweet six hours ago about um, a student athlete, you'll experience great wins and tough challenges. Remember to celebrate the victories and be your best teammate and look after your mental well-being. And when a guy with like Tess Walker that has mental health and for his mental health, he wanted to transfer back home for his family and stuff like that. It's just a shame that they don't. And everybody across the country has been tweeting at him and stuff like that. So my confidence is zero to see these guys play. It's very unfortunate. We'll use that word again, um, that the NCAA is going to do that. Just really unfortunate. And I don't, you know, and some people's stories are different. Like, of course, James Caesar missing a year of football and coming back and wanting to get a waiver to play there besides Tez, who's on a good team and wants to play and all those different scenarios. Like, we'll talk about this every single week of mentioning again how it's we're not getting our players and nobody is. It'll be a continuous mention, but you're right. I would, I would say it's about zero or even less than zero of how that is. Hopefully we can be wrong at some point, but they're not going to give these guys anything from here on out. And they're, you know, ruining a lot of chances to, you know, for good players on good teams, expecting to do well in their season. So like I said, we'll mention it every week, but that's the ultimate unfortunate stuff of not letting these guys play. Like I said, everyone's stories is different and Tez definitely deserves to play, let alone even what we think about our guys. So maybe at some point here, but it's not looking like it. And then just something else I wanted to add, because we haven't talked about it much. We saw him at the game on Saturday. Uh, he's also not dressed. It's Zach uh, Westmoreland. Oh, we know he, um, you know, he's been in a couple of schools. He's been receiver. He's, I guess he's only been really been at one school. Uh, but whether he's looking for one or not, we, you kind of noticed he was maybe limping on the field when we saw him walk. He's obviously gained some weight being a new linebacker. I'm not sure uh, what his status is or if he's just not dressing. It's weird. We mentioned the whole thing with um, Patella and all this stuff. Like even there's so many guys that we're not seeing that could use a waiver, but some are younger to where it won't even matter exactly. So that's it, it, weird, and we'll see how that takes place and what we see on the sidelines um this upcoming saturday but noah like i said this kind of we're already talking about the huskies here let's preview northern illinois like we said off the big week big game big win last week and no matter who it is you're beating acc opponents we saw it was a big deal and they're fbs so it's not like they're us but us beating northwestern who is a big 10 school let alone the fact that okay they're terrible and that's what boston college is but no that's a huge win Northern Illinois will dive into, obviously, their players. You can dive into where they're picked and the MAC. Like I said, they have a lot of good, talented guys. We'll talk about how much we're getting paid and just everything else leading up to our predictions. Now, what do we know about the Huskies? Yeah, obviously, I said um, the coach's name earlier, Thomas Hammock. I mean, it's a guy that he's been there for a long time, and he's he's been at NIU um, through the ranks and stuff like that. So really good coach. I really enjoyed his presser. Listen to that. Um, but they were they were picked third in their division in the MAC six total in the preseason poll. So um, this is a team last year that defensively struggled a little bit. But um, Rocky Lombardi, their QB, was hurt a lot last year. Um, so he's back fully healthy. Um, they get some other guys. They get Ontario Brown back fully healthy. Um, their best running back from last year transferred to Wyoming. So they got their second leading rusher back. So. This is a lot where excited to see what we can do. Um, a lot of guys where, like I said, Rocky Lombardi, a seventh-year guy, started his career at Michigan State, 
Um, last week he was 13 of 29 for 165, so not great at all. Um, but they ran the ball pretty well, and their defense played decent. But they're just Boston College um, didn't do very much. But like I said, Rocky didn't have a great game. Didn't uh, Justin Lynch, who's a really a do-it-all guy, kind of a uh, um, a Javon Williams type. He did throw their only touchdown pass of the game last week in a trick play. He ran the ball for three times for 13 yards and a touch – or not a touchdown, but um, a couple. And then he was in the receiving game as well. So um, Justin Lynch is a guy that's going to be a Swiss Army knife for this this team and you're going to have to watch out for. So they ran the ball for 166 yards, three touchdowns last week. Um, Rocky had one. Um, then they have a guy – and Brock Lamp, who is really a, a fullback, I think it's more of a Jacob Garrick-type guy that's just do it all. They put him all over the field, fullback, wherever you need him, he'll do it. Rushing, receiving, he'll do it. So that's also a guy that had a rushing touchdown last week in Otario Brown. 16 carries, 50, 53 yards and a touchdown, average 3.3. Then they had Gavin Williams, 15 carries for 61, average 4. Interesting, I watched just seeing their – Seeing the film a little bit, the offense was up and down. They looked solid at some points, but not a great game by Rocky. So interesting. They talked about um, in the presser, their coach talked about how our defense shows a three-down look and how potentially this week could be four. So be interesting to see what we can do about their offense. But defensively, they have a lot of guys to talk about. Yeah, and you're right because it seems like defensively that's what we can talk about most. Just off this first game, because you're right, and, and, you know nothing really blows you away on this on the stat sheet. And granted, it's Boston College defense; it's you know to that level. And it was first game, whatever the jitters, whatever the rust you have that you can maybe you know you know jump you know uh, recuperate for the next week for even your home opener. Like we expect them to have pretty good you know, vibes around the stadium and just, you know, everyone's home opener is always a big deal. So that's on their side coming into this game, no matter how they are. But you're right, a lot of bodies running the ball, whether it's fullback, quarterback, and then you mentioned Lynch. Yes, he did not receive catch a pass, but he does have the Javon kind of role. Um, you know, they're perfect on kicks. Just looking at, obviously, yeah, you'll dive into their defense, but you're right. I mean, a veteran quarterback guy who can run and, um, you know, even for in, I think something we could take from this game is we talked about how they blew a lead, which is something they could do with us. Granted, they'll have their home crowd behind them; they might not let go of a lead, but because of how great our defense was, granted, no Dune Smith in the first half. Um, you know, there's been whole, so many stats and so many whatevers of even stats we'll get into before this is over about you know what we are against FBS, and I think Nick has you know however many besides one all-time FBS win, you know, as, you know, any head coach in history of our program has. So he, we have had success against a lot of these teams. And we mentioned prior that, you know, before we play BYU next year, Wisconsin and Illinois, like this is our last, like, and we know like every game we have a chance and we didn't think we had against Ole Miss or Northwestern or Kansas State and we get really close um, so you really can't ever say we're out of each FBS game each season, but this is definitely the most, you know, one you can win. And no, you, obviously you can dive into some other at some point. Dive into because um, you just told me before this about it's kind of it can be a pick in this game. We'll get to our predictions now, but what else you got on these guys? Yeah, defensively, I mean, last week um, they have some guys that was on the draft diamonds um, kind of preseason award list. Uh, Devonte O'Malley. Uh, defensive tackle is just a monster um, inside 
on the D-line, 6'2", 288 junior. So just a guy that draft diamonds, I mean, they've, they've been hitting on some guys the last couple of years, and we've obviously we've had some guys that have gotten some articles on them, Then they obviously have a, another guy in James Esther, another defensive lineman that is going to be a problem for our offensive line as well. So 6'3", 298, senior from Detroit, Michigan. A lot of transfers on their team as well. So last week, I think they were led by um, cornerback uh, or defensive end Rasheen Thomas, 6'4", 262 with six tackles. And Deron Gilbert, a linebacker, also had six tackles. So um, they didn't have a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of high, like you see, if you look at the Boston College tape, they had a guy with 11 and eight. They didn't – they had a lot of guys flying around and making QB hits and just kind of like our defense last week, flying around – I think it was uh, PJ, and I forget who else. I think they only led the team with six as well, something like that. So a lot of guys contributing, a lot of guys that they can play. Um, but those guys with the draft diamonds, O'Malley and Esther, you're going to have to watch out on that D-line. So interesting game. I think it's going to be tough. Um, I think also just another factor, I think it'll be a decent crowd, obviously home opener for them. But um, their coach said – 1983 championship team, probably conference teams getting um, coming back and celebrating that team. So um, could be a lot of people there. So hopefully it's a big crowd. Yeah, I know. We're definitely hoping so. And we're excited to just go to a new stadium and all that stuff. But you mentioned some of the defensive players. Yeah. O'Malley for sure. I mean, we knew about the, like weeks ago, but you know, the build up to this game of knowing about them. Yeah. We bookmarked a lot of things from August about yes, draft diamonds or, how O'Malley is a Nagurski Trophy um, preseason watch list guy for the best um, college football player. It goes to the nation's most outstanding college defensive player. So, you know, a lot of studs, and that's what we knew before this. And it seems like, by all accounts, it could be a defensive game, all depending upon how their offense gets going. But we know how ours can be. And if these guys are really good up front, like we'll get into our dogs, could be the guys up front because – it's going to be hard to run the ball. And this is what we say every year. We thought Northwestern, you know, or Kansas State, they had good edge edge rushers, and you expect them to have, you know, really good interior guys. But these guys are, are next up. You mentioned a lot of a lot of transfers, just a lot of veterans and a lot of bruteness. And you're right, nobody really, um, you know, these specific guys didn't blow anything away in the stat sheet. It was other guys. But you're right, really widespread. Both teams are on defense to where nobody's going to, you know, have a crazy amount, but then the next guy's not going to be too far behind them. So um, definitely, yeah, Esther and O'Malley, keep your keep uh, eyes out for those two in that game. And then they have some big broody um, edge rushers as well. We mentioned the matchup. We know this is the last time we played them was 2007 when Nick Hill was quarterback. We had 20 unanswered points in the fourth quarter to pull off a comeback by only three points. Um, and I mentioned the FBS stat earlier. We're five and thirty-six all time against FBS teams, um, or since becoming a um, FCS member and a Division One AA school in '82. Um, Nick has been involved in four of the wins as either a player or a coach. We know Indiana, Northern Illinois as a player, and then UMass and Northwestern as a coach. Um, and then, I mean, no overall. Like I said, it sounds like it could be a defensive battle. Any other? Um, things to touch up or anything else you have on these guys. Um, and then I'll let you go ahead and dive in also to start of the predictions of what a potential spread could be for Saturday afternoon. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely think it could be a little bit of a decent defensive battle. Did see 
I'm just trying to check. I think um, I seen one website had a predicted score of us 30, um, them 24. So um, I think you're going to have to, we're going to have to score 30 if you want to win this football game. So it's going to be interesting to see exactly what happens, but yeah, uh, we've meeting for the 44th time. So that's a good one. Obviously last game you mentioned was when we scored 20 unanswered in the fourth quarter to win a 34 31 game. So um, if you can get that score around that, I think you can win this football game, but obviously going to be interesting what I think a spread could be. I think we'll be an underdog in this one. I think it's around um, six and a half, seven, probably seven and a half. Maybe um, I think um, I forget. Exactly. I think it was FCS Reddit this week put their own spread out and said that we were only a one and a half point underdog. But I think that's a little biased um, for the FCS team. But I think coming off an ACC win, even though it's a lowly team like Boston College, I think they can obviously be around. I mean, open up under a, under 10 for an FCS team on the road, an FBS opponent, no matter it's G5 or Power 5. That's pretty pretty darn good. I agree. I don't think it'll be over 10. I think even it, it's funny. It's good because whenever we're playing well, people do. And I agree that is biased. Kind of got led astray by that the other day. And I sent it to you and I said, well, that doesn't really make sense. And I was hoping I was, you know, could get right about a certain, um, you know, like an early thing that we don't ever get to the day before the day of. Um, but yeah, way too low. I can definitely see it. We said before this, yeah, six and a half. Do not expect it to be over 10. Definitely expect to be underdogs. And you're right, both teams coming off solid wins. So it's kind of, again, it's that game that everyone's been kind of talking about. And clearly a lot of people have this as a game for, you know, finally FCS uh, team to beat in FBS. You mentioned the 0-42 record last week. Um, so hopefully we can be one of the winners. We did mention the payout. It's amongst, you know, there's a lot of other teams getting paid a lot more. Name we are, we mentioned Youngstown's getting 800000 to go. Uh, to Ohio State this week, but we are getting paid three hundred seventy-five thousand, which will take it. Clearly, that's a good price for playing, you know, at that level of an FBS school. And clearly, you expect to go win and take that money with you, like we did. I forgot what it was at Northwestern last week or last year, but looking to uh, clearly take that and take home the dub as well. Um, I agree with like six and a half. Like I said, it won't be over ten. And Noah, the um, dogs of the game. Let's run down these real fast at every um, position, offense, defense, and special teams. Who do you have? You can roll through your three, and then I'll give my three. Yeah, obviously, obviously offensively, I think you're going to need a good game, and I think it's going to start um, with a guy like Nick Baker. But I think I'm going to go wide receiver here, and I think it's got to be um, your Deontay Cox step up. Obviously, um, didn't do a lot last game, but I think obviously. He, Nick missed him on a touchdown throw. And obviously Isaiah had a pretty good comeback um, play. So I think if we can get Deontay going, it's just going to open it up for everybody else. So it starts with our number one receiver in Deontay Cox. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we're having, you mentioned 30 points. It is the number we got to shoot for and everybody has to play. Well, I mentioned the guys up front and it's one of those, you know, times where we could do like certain units instead of picking one specific player. I'm going to go with the offensive line of, you know, what it was last week, the guys we can count on and then the guys that come in potentially to fill those spots. Got to be able to, you know, we mentioned the running clock, so you're going to have to always be, you know, on your toes. There's no stoppage, no whole lot of time off. You need to, you know, these big boys need to be ready to go against that huge defensive line. 
Um, but you're right. Everybody of our, because we mentioned, we saw a lot of De- Deontay, Isaiah, Vincent. They'll be on the field a lot. Maybe we see the guys behind him. You never know. Everybody's got to be on their P's and Q's, especially the running backs, but that starts with the guys up front. Um, Noah, this is a, you know, we obviously didn't dive into it as much about we dive into their skill position guys, but even their offensive line, what we can expect, they probably have some veterans, have some transfers, um, you know, have decent size to them. So clearly, you know, with Rocky being a runner as well and being able to do a whole lot, he's a big guy and a lot of experience. It seems like we need to count on some guys up front potentially, but I'm going to go with, it seems like Branson gets up for these big games. Um, you know, we had a solid week last week. A lot of the guys did. We, we remember the huge week he had at Northwestern last year. I think I'm going to go with Branson. He's got to always, you know, have his eyes. Him and PJ, but Branson at that position, having his eyes on Rocky throughout the whole game and seeing where he goes and stuff. Noah, I'm going to say Branson for that. And quickly for for special teams, this is interesting. I think, you know, they probably have a good punter, a good kicker, clearly. Um, if we – you know, get the chance to run. We need as good a field of position as we can. Um, and that's, you know, I think I'm going to take Dayton. We didn't see him drop anything, but if he gets the chance, if we count on special teams to cover, hopefully Dayton can get us, you know, five to 10 yards extra or even more than that. It's hard to ask for that, but Noah, you can count on guys from kick return as well. Just better field position against good teams like this. Who you got on defense and special teams? Yeah, defensively, um, love your brains and pick. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go with a, a new guy that um, was kind of quiet last week, did have a, um, a, a roughing the passer penalty, but I'm going with Tim Varga. Obviously, we're going to need to get after Rocky um, and make sure he's under pressure and make sure we can get to the quarterback. Obviously, we had Devin Cowan with a strip sack last week. So I think, obviously, Richie last year in the Northwestern game was big for us. So we're going to need a guy like that off the edge to – Step, in, step up in these FC, FBS type games and play really well. So I'm going to go with Tim Varga there to come off the edge and have um, a sack and two tackles for loss in the run game. So uh, do something like that to Kenneth going. Then on special teams, I think it, like I said, the last time we played them, it came down to 20, 20 unanswered and a 34-31 win. So um, I'm looking for potentially – like the kicking game to come involved big time. So I'm going with Jake Bumgard. He's got to got to be perfect if he gets an opportunity because when you get in inside a field goal range or anything, you got to come away with points in this type of game. So if you want to knock off a max school like this. So Jake um, is my special teams dog of the week. He's got to be perfect on PATs, and if he gets a chance to knock down a field goal, he's got to. Um, we've seen it last year, Northwestern, he missed one. Saw the win a couple of years ago, the win coming to play with Nico at Kansas State, um, driving him way to the left. So got to be perfect. It's probably going to be a windy day up north potentially. So um, need Jake to come with his A game. All great points. And we know there are another stadium, I think, that don't have, you know, they have open ends, you know, on the end zone. So a lot of air can go and it's up near Chicago, the Windy City. So, yeah, a lot of great points. You can go with anybody. Because you're right, we need to – we'll be perfect on every end. And Nick Hill will say you need to be perfect everywhere against teams like this. But it, definitely for kickers to make the kicks. And I hope that, you know, it all depending on how the game is going in that moment, that Nick Hill, um, you know, doesn't go for it. It depends what down it is. And clearly, if you're down in distance, you kick it. If you're in room, you definitely need to take points 100%. Um, even though it's – because it's not really one of those games you – 
you know, they're an FBS team and they're picked at, you know, over you in the game, but you can't treat this like you're playing Northwestern Kansas State. You got nothing to lose. Let's just go for it and just wing it kind of thing. You have a legit chance in this game. You need to actually play it smart and play it good. All depending. If they come out and start blowing your bar, your barn doors off, then you play the game however it is. But you're right. You need to. They need to take those chances for points. Hopefully, make them. Mention the field position for the returners. And I like your your Varga pick. And just looking because we noticed on the field on Saturday, Devin Cowan is the seems like the strongest 222 pounder on edge rusher because he looks like he's got a skinny frame, but his arms are massive. He's super strong. He's He's just a stud. He looked like at 222, that, that seems right now, because you compare him on the other side with the bar, you 247, and then obviously the interior guys. So a lot, a lot of names there. A lot of people to pick from to be good in this game, Noah. So overall, your uh, your final thoughts, but you can – or we do have both predictions on here, Noah. If anyone that sticks out in this game that could end up being a dog of the game at the end or be a difference in this game, dive into it all here. Your both predictions, your final score, and then over your overall final thoughts. Yeah, definitely. For bold prediction, I think it's going to have to um, be in the turnover battle. I think we're going to have to be at least bold prediction would be coming plus three in the turnover battle to be able to win this football game. Um, I think that's what it's going to take. We saw it last week with the turnover battle winning that. Obviously, we had the one fumble with Isaiah, but um, defense came up with the pick six and a couple other interceptions. So it's going to take something like that. Uh, if I were to pick the score, I think it will be – kind of more of a gritty game. I think I'm going to take a close loss here, NIU 27, SIU 24, three-point loss here, um, maybe a potential game-winning field goal by Sam or a late field goal maybe like Kansas State where they take a late three-point lead and we have a chance to drive but just can't get it done against an FBS opponent in the end. So I think it's going to be a close loss. I think we keep it pretty close and have a chance to win it, but um, I'm going to stick with my – uh, preseason projection of the schedule. I have a close loss here. Yeah, and I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna, you know, stick with mine as well. I did have us, you know, upsetting this game and then losing the next one. So I think we both should stick to our initial script. Uh, bold prediction why I like because yeah, you got to turn. You know, you can do fine. We mentioned Kansas State a couple turnovers almost win Northwestern turnovers and you win. We had a lot in that game. That's probably our most in a single game last year was Northwestern. Just thinking about it. Uh, so you know you can do that in this game. I like that. Um, and it, it's really hard to predict anything. I mean, bold predictions of, you know, I think I'm going to say Isaiah lives up or does, I'm going to say he has a game similar to what he had last week and gets up to, you know, between 70 and a hundred yards, uh, receiving. If he continues that, then he's going to have a great year and hopefully we keep him after this year, all depending. But, uh, just because I'm thinking of this on the spot and thinking I would like to pick, a, you know, a returner, you know, touchdown or those ultimate bowl things. I said, Benefield last year, he came or last week, he came to fruition. So you have turnovers on one, and I'm going to have, you know, decent scoring on this end, but I'm going to have a big game from Isaiah, 70 to 100 yards uh, receiving, used in whichever way. I'll say total yards, see if he's used, and we you know he does the sweeps and stuff as well. So I'll go with a massive uh, offensive game for Isaiah. And you know, I'm going to stick to it. I, I will have us winning. And you're, you know, we, we mentioned the spread of what it could be. It could be a defensive game, kind of low scoring. You said 30 to win. I'm going to have us creeping at 30. I'm going to have a 28 to 21 win. Yeah, just a touchdown win, uh, whether that's, you know, a final late drive to win or it's just holding it with the very end with our defense. I could see it being a close and fun game. Everyone's really having it that way. So 
it will definitely be fun. It would be fun to go up there tomorrow night, stay, and then go to the game. Should be a lot of SIU fans there. You talked about that earlier, just fans in general being there for their home opener. Um, you know, it's a good time. We'll get up, you know, have brunch, and then head over there for a, hopefully a solid overall game. Uh, we're looking forward to it. Obviously, stay up, stay up to date with our tweets, our retweets, everything. This equipment staff posts in their our clean white jerseys. We could see all whites. I'm thinking we will. Haven't seen. Uh, NIU posts, I'm sure they go with like red helmets, black jerseys, or something like that, or vice versa. Um, so it should just be an overall fun game we're looking forward to going to. And starting off, hopefully 2-0, even Noah's perspective 1-1, but you want to fight in this game and segue it into what we think will be a, you know equal amount of close and awesome game against SEMO. That one has more stipulations than even NIU would, but hopefully to you know keep going undefeated, keep rolling in the season, stay in the top 25. If we lose a close one here, I don't think we'll – Depending upon what other teams do, I don't think we'll knock out of the top 25. It's all depending, but a lot of good players on Northern Illinois. We have good players as well. Like we said, 375, uh, getting paid. Hopefully we can come out with the win. So, again, keep up with everything we have, retweets, everything leading up to the game. Keep an eye out for our dogs of the game. And until we talk, not sure when we will, maybe Sunday, but maybe sometime next week. Got some things going on on Sunday, so we'll try it. Uh, but hopefully we can come out with a win on Saturday. So for Nick Malone, no alerts. As always, see you guys sometime next week. Go Ducks.